freaking first cut. Golly! I think we're live. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. And joining me to break it all down is a tanned, bearded Greg Duchar, and I'm here for it. Greg, good to have you. Yeah, hey, it's great to be back. A couple of little bit of time off for me. I let the beard grow a little bit. It's only temporary. Um, and the t- I am a little tan, but I think the ambiance in this room uh, enhances it a little bit. So. Uh, I apologize for the the lighting, but I promise on Sunday we're back to normal, back in the uh, in the office, and everything's um, everything's back to normal. But very rela- I'm very relaxed. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear it. I was a little uh, not relaxed when Jacob typed into the chat right before, right as we were going live, that the the video intro was messing up, and I was like, I I think we're I'm assuming we are live right now. Looks so good to me. Good. Yeah, right, I mean, we yeah. haven't been called off yet. <laughs> looks good. It's either to either a good too. sign or a bad sign. That's right. Halfway home at the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational, and it is Harris English at it again. Follows up his opening round 62 with a 65. He is now two shots clear of the next closest competitor. And this is um, outside of the stretch of golf, Greg, that Harris English played right after he won the Tournament of Champions until right before the U S open. So like those like eight starts, he's been phenomenal for two straight years outside of like yeah. those eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. And and he really was even bef- those eight weeks. And he had what, three years um, beforehand where it was really kind of difficult, but what, what he's doing right now is what great scorers do. When you look at a tournament where 13 under par leads at, after two rounds, you need to make a lot of birdies. It's exactly what Harris has done. And it's because of elite, iron play and elite putting and he has both of those things so if you look at his numbers between round one and round two in round one he he shoots 62 and he puts the puts the eyes out of it and you might say well can that really last well yes it can he 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 was third in round one in strokes gain approach and that carried over to today he's now seventh strokes gain approach in round two which leaves him second for the week total but he has a, a a much slower putting day but because of his ball striking um, that slow putting day, Rick turns into a round of um, 65. So that's not too bad. The the round two we saw from Harris English is the, ex- the exact blueprint he's been doing for basically two years, and he's been doing recently with the victory at the Travelers, the third place finish at the U.S. Open. It's basically just gain strokes across the board, gain strokes right. off the tee, be a good ball striker, don't lose them around the green, and see if your putter can get hot. I mean, this is this is the blueprint for Harris English, which is really optimistic when you look for his chances going into the weekend because now now he is uh, twice a winner already this year Greg I mean he is he is not going to be scared off by the stage or scared off by the moment and he's played well in big events he's played well in um, in both the US opens that we had this season and in majors and century tournament of champions had an, a really strong field um, this year so he is definitely familiar with the winner's circle and that game I think his game, if he can, if he's mentally ready, which everything says he will be, um, his game suits up. It sets up really well for a leader because it's gain strokes across the board. So if he has a slow putting day, he can make up for it in any other area. 
if he if he doesn't hit it great with his irons, he can make up for it in any other area. And it's a really um, it, he's got a strong foundation, which I think bodes really well for uh, for Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon nerves. Uh, and, and it gives him a really nice chance going forward. I'll leave you with one Harris English stat nugget. I can't pass up a stat a stat mm-hmm. nugget. This one from this one from Sean Martin. So in Harris English's uh, opening two rounds here, 62-65, that's the second lowest opening two rounds at a WGC event. The only one better? You might know this guy. His name's Tiger Woods. He shot 64-61 at Firestone in 2000 in route to an 11-shot victory. I don't think Harris English wins this one by 11, but he's off to a good start. No, no. Uh, any, any, anytime you get a Tiger stat, it's almost like Harris English is the real leader in that. And right. There's that except Tiger line. Except Tiger. Except so. Tiger. Uh, second best ever, uh, except Tiger. The right. We had to sound the alarm this afternoon. Sound the alarm. A record-breaking opportunity is happening on the PGA Tour. No, we were not on 59 watch, Greg. We were on 17 watch. We were trying to see if Cam Smith could get in the house with 17 putts because he had 16 putts through 17 holes. And of course, no one on the PGA Tour has ever completed a round with 17 or fewer putts. A lot of guys have done 18 and he gave himself a crack at it, Greg. Gave himself a crack. He had a 22-footer on 18. He left it on the amateur side. What an amateur and uh, tapped in to add his name to the long list of guys who had 18 putts in a row. And also on 17, he had another opportunity from just off the green. And yes. so when I, when I was playing with uh, a game that we used to play with my friends was a game, we'd call it the monkey. It was a little side action in a match. And the monkey is the last person to three putt has to pay us some $5 or something at the end of each nine. Whoever the, oh. if you three putt, the, you the get most the recent person to three putt. Exactly. Okay. And so when you just miss a green on the fringe, the way Cam Smith did all day, we called that monkey man. That's great. You're not going to, you're not going to three, you're staying away from the monkey. <laughs> Boy, yeah, I, I mean, Smith monkey managed his way through that round beautifully. Amazing. This was, um, to me, this is not a real stat or a real record. I mean, like the, the record is real. I obviously understand that we can count putts, but the idea of getting credit because you left a bunch of balls on the fringe on your second shot and then took cracks at it. Like it's cool. If you want to look at the strokes gain numbers, which is still kind of like the, the total putts is flawed because it's a cumulative stat. The strokes gain putting number is a little bit flawed because of the putting stat, but in a round where cam Smith, uh, nearly broke the record for fewest putts in a single round, Abraham answer was a better strokes gain putter. So there, there's right. some flaws and some quirks here. Greg. Right. Well, he had four, he had four uh, zero putt greens. He has no opportunity to gain or lose strokes because he makes it from off the green on four different occasions. So that hurts the cumulative potentially hurts the, the strokes gained putting statistic because it's cumulative, but at the same time um, it really helps the, um, the total putts. So look, total putts is, the cool thing about this round is that he shot 62. Right. Um, but the, yeah. it, That's, it's still, I, I buried the lead. He shot a 62 as eight under is right. the round of the day. <laughs> right. So it's, it's great play and he, it, it, it all worked, but that statistic, it, it's cool. I still, I appreciate it, but it doesn't really mean anything. Still number one in monkey management. Uh, with yeah. the way that I look <laughs> yeah. at it, 
Abraham answer shot the other 62 on Friday. It was a bogey free 62, in fact. And now Abraham answer is starting to kind of climb that list of guys that are like, doesn't win enough. Is he ever going to win? When's he going to win? We start talking about wins because he's knocking on the door constantly, Greg. This mega season, this super season, 50 events were 40, what, six into them. He has six top 10 finishes, zero victories, still looking for his first PGA Tour victory. Yeah, and I, I do think it's around the corner. Um, but there's a lot of things he does that are just so impressive. And this is why you say, well, why isn't the guy winning? He hits 15 greens today, 11 fairways. And it's this typical, he does this all the time. This isn't a unique, he got hot with the driver and started hitting a lot of fairways. He got hot uh, hitting, hitting green. He does this almost all the time. He hits fairways and he hits greens and he gives himself a ton of opportunities. And today he leads the leads the field, as you pointed out earlier, Rick, in strokes game putting. And the result is uh, is a really low uh, round of 62. So it, he gives himself, because of the ball striking, a lot of opportunities to shoot really low scores like that. I, I think of him shooting, I think it was 63 at the American Express a couple of years ago. He chased up the leaderboard um, and nearly caught whoever I, I can't think of whoever maybe adam long maybe some someone like that anyway he chased up the board right. nearly caught him and um and, and he didn't but he has that ability and so i i really like that aspect going forward i, I like him in an event like this because he can hit fairways and greens the rough can be a little spotty at times so um yeah he's in a he's in a good spot and it, i would not be surprised if it was this if, if it happened this week for him it was Andrew Landry. Andrew Landry. Yeah. Shot six. Here, here are his four rounds from that American Express. 68, 67, 66, 63. If you yeah. keep getting better every round and you open with a 68, ooh, doggy, you are going to be in. Yeah. You end up right there. Real quick, before we go to break, because we're going to look at the odds from our friends over at Caesars, but I have, I have to vent here, Greg. Yeah. This Jordan Spieth guy could have shot like six under par on Friday, this he did something that I'm not sure I've seen in quite some time. So, his tee shot on 18, he lost 1.4 strokes on that shot alone because he hit it into the water. Second day in a row, he's hit it into the water there. He also had an approach shot on four that found the water that he lost 1.25 strokes on. And he also had a putt, I repeat, a putt that he lost 1.3 strokes putting on because he putted it off the green. Great. Mm. Yes. So, well, he chipped it off the green. Yeah. Well, yes. Okay. Green. And then he had, right. And then he had to, it was ugly. It was a but mess. Three swings of the golf club. He lost four strokes to the field in three swings of the golf club. Th that is, I'm yeah. not sure I've seen anything like that outside of yeah. a guy hits the same shot into the water over and over again. Right. Right. On, but on different holes, on different occasions, on different types of shots, different one types of shots. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the chip, I get why he chipped it and it just got away from him. So it's like kind of a tough one to judge, but the tee shot into the water, you, you cannot hit it into the water left on 18. You, mm. you can't let yourself do that. You've got to hit less club. You just have to hit less. I, I prefer less than driver on that hole, get it to the right-hand side and knock it on the green. But it, it just doesn't seem like there's a ton to gain from, uh, from hitting driver there, especially with all the risk that's to the left. And when you do it two days in a row, it's 
really, it's, it's really just, even if you do hit driver, get it, get it to the right. Like the right edge of the fairway is the middle, not the, the middle is not the middle on 18 there. You can't hit it in the water left. So uh, I don't know. It it bothers me, but I think of what JT did last year uh, in route to winning when he, I mean, he w- he did not have great control of the driver during that win. And on 18, he hit it way right and got yes. and was able to make four. Um, and I'm not saying you got to hit it way right, but way right is better than a little bit left. So it was disappointing. Very disappointing. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go over to Caesar Sportsbook, and we're going to look at the odds and see if we can find some winners on a Friday evening. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Caesars Sportsbook. Not, I'm not, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to say William Hill anymore, but I just did. Now they're Caesars Sportsbook. So we haven't, they're still our friends. We haven't like, you know, moved on. It's just rebranding. Uh, Harris English is your favorite, Greg. Three to one. Then a little bit of a gap to the guys in the chase back. Abraham Answer, Cameron Smith, both six and a half to one. Then a couple of big names, Scotty Scheffler, seven to one, Bryson DeChambeau, nine to one, and Louis Ustazen at 10 to one. Very interesting board we see here. And then we could even go further if you want, because there are two 62s out there on Friday. And if that happens again on Saturday, someone's moving up the leaderboard. Yeah, that's kind of the what I like about Harris English is he just he played his great round on Thursday. And so it, even though he played in a really nice round today, it's not going to feel like he's got to shoot um, another great round. Like Abraham Answer shot uh, and Cam Smith, I think they both shot 67, 62. So they have a great round in round three, and it feels like I got to play three great rounds in a row to end the tournament. Whereas for Harris English, he has this Friday round that's a get it get around. It's a little bit more laid back. Um, it, it does you're not chasing in the same way where you have to continue to make birdies. You have a little bit of breathing room. So Harris English can play a little more defense here. Obviously, you pay for that. Um, but I like where he sits, especially because of what Abraham Answer and Cam Smith did on the greens and around the greens today. Although I like Answer's ball striking tee to green. So I think my my favorite number included is Answer right now. I think English has a real good chance of holding on. Um, and I got another guy a little farther, not pictured here, who I also like. Oh, I might have one of those guys as well. So the I, I'm not in love with anything here at the top. I think, yeah, most likely scenario, English wins this. We already talked about this isn't going to be a stage too big for him. The metrics are there. I don't particularly want to bet it three to one. The one that I would, if you made me bet one of these, it'd be Bryson. He's nine to one and he's, he's being Bryson. He's gaining three and a half strokes off the tee by far the most in the field. He's gaining over two strokes on approach, which puts him like seventh or eighth in the field. I I mean, he is. This is what he does, and he's kind of just lurking there. I don't have any doubts that he can win golf tournaments. He does it at a prolific rate. So that would be the one that if you made me bet it, it would be it would be Bryson. But you mentioned going further down the board. I, I've got two names circled a lot further down the board. Where are you going here? I'm going uh, to the king of Memphis, Daniel Berger. Um, Daniel. Yeah, he's at seven under. So seven under is a long way back of Harris at 13. But if Harris proves us wrong and comes back and you consider the real lead to be at 11, which I don't, but if you're in, if you're sitting at seven under par right now and you can catch the guys at 11, you have a real good chance. You don't necessarily have to go 
if Harris English does what he does, what we expect, you're not going to catch him anyway. You catch the guys at, at 11, and you can do that if you're sitting at seven under par, even six. I don't like it as much, but at seven, it, you're only four shots back of that kind of second wave. And I think Daniel Berger right now, a guy who leads the way in strokes gain approach the green, uh, he's doing what he needs to do off the tee. Um, and he just hasn't done anything on the greens. At least he didn't today. Uh, yesterday, I guess he had a nice day putting, but um, didn't do anything today. I, I think he's in a real good spot, especially with his history here. I've got a guy seven under as well, but my guy 66 to one. His name is wow. Carlos Ortiz. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Ortiz, at him too. the ball striking numbers, he's a, uh, he's, he's a, uh, he's gaining off the tee nearly a shot and a half. He's gaining on approach over two and a half shots. He's a zero putter. He's losing strokes around the green. We've seen him get hot. We've seen him win before. He's the, he's the kind of guy that if you go out and shoot something real low on a Saturday, maybe he steals this thing away. So he's 66 to one. And the other one, Greg, this might be a bit emotional. Um, Max Homa is six under and he's a hundred to one. And the things that I look at for like, are guys going to bounce back? Are they, you know, did they play themselves? Did they play well or did they get unlucky? These penalty shots, especially around Southwind where water is kind of lurking everywhere. He, he birdied 15, 16, 17, found the water on his approach on 18 made double. I just think, I don't think his 68, I think he played a lot better than that. And he might just be too yeah. far back at this point. That's the, that's the thing. Can he, can he make enough birdies? And you mentioned water's lurking everywhere that at times that will sneak up. It's more likely to sneak up the farther back you are when you're in this range where you feel like you still have a chance to win, but you got to press a little bit. And that would be my one worry. But I think that number is a little bit too long because um, right. he's a winner too. So I like that. But I want to just real quick on um, on Ortiz, because I was thinking about this. I meant to bring this up about answer, too. Are you worried about the Olympic guys at all? Are, are they going to run? Are they more likely to run out of gas on these next two rounds? I or, wondered that, too. I wondered if they would yeah. already have been tired from the jet lag rounds one and two, and now their bodies are getting acclimated, or it's finally going to catch up to them, and it's going to yeah. be a lot of go – I don't know how it's, it's going like to work. adrenaline, and now I'm worn out, and it's just it, – eventually I just run out of gas a little shy. I, that's the one thing that has me a little worried about answer, um, and I, I put Ortiz in that category, too. So if it's a tiebreaker, if you're looking at the board and you got to – and Camp Smith is right there in the same boat. If you're looking at a tiebreaker, it might be something to consider. Do you have any idea how old Carlos Ortiz is? Was he 28? Okay. I was, yeah, I was going to be like, he's 26. He's young. Yeah. He's got no, he's 30, which I he's guess is 30. older than I thought he was. But yeah, I, I guess was, he's older than I thought he was too. I was ready to pull the old. He's fine. He plays a lot of golf. He's 24. Who cares? But would he play college? He played in college golf with, uh, at North Texas, I think, with somebody who won recently, too. He did. Um, he went to North Texas. I don't know who that teammate was, though. Was it uh, – it might have been Sebastian Munoz, but I don't know for sure. Anyway, North Texas. Well, hold on. Now we can't leave the people hanging here. <laughs> yeah, hold on right. Let me just – let me see if I can quickly find out who this might be. North Texas Golf on PGA Tour. Jacob in the chat believes it's Munoz. The other chat also believes it's Munoz. All right. Then we're going to get, we're going to say it's okay. It is Munoz. Yes. Okay. Munoz and Ortiz. Yes. All right. Yes, 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 yes. So anyway, there we oh. go. Another little tidbit.
Got to get a little tidbit. Uh, all right, that'll do it for this episode of The First Cut. Be back after rounds three and four, of course, to break it all down. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, it might not look like him. It's a tanned beard. Get a good look. He says he's shaving it. It's going back to normal. Uh, that is Greg Ducharme. And it is the real GFD is where you can find him on Twitter. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.